Welcome to Life It Just Keeps On Going, a podcast that looks at both this life and the fact that this life just keeps on going. You'll learn about how our mind, body, and spirit are connected and how a variety of light healers approach detecting energy flow and making sure it's flowing smoothly. We're going to bring you into the world of very serious people who help their patients through past life regressions, mediums who carry messages from those on the other side, and people who have died and traveled over and back. Please come along. Hi, this is James. I'm Ivy League educated, and I practice law for over 30 years. Margie Florimbio is a very intelligent and articulate woman. Today, she shares her route to discovering Reiki and how she studied and learned and eventually developed a large, warm, and loving community. Margie tells us about how a person can become trained in Reiki and how a Reiki practitioner works to heal. This includes the student learning to read the auric field, how the chakras are involved in our everyday life. It also delves into the need for a smooth flow of energy in our bodies and how the Reiki practitioner eliminates the blocks in energy flow. Please enjoy this very knowledgeable and engaging woman share these things with us. Today, I'm here with Margie Florimbio. Margie is good enough to talk with me about a lot of topics, but today we're going to just focus on one, and that is Reiki. Margie, good morning. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you again. It's, it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. It has been a minute. Last time we talked, we talked about crystals. Yep. That's another thing that you're interested in. Amen. Love me some crystals. <laughs> But I didn't know until we spoke recently on the telephone that one of the primary areas of your practice in your life is Reiki. Yes, yes. At some point in time, you got interested in Reiki, but I guess it wasn't the first thing that you learned about. No, no. Reiki came to me very late in my kind of spiritual journey, as they say. Okay. I was, and I have talked about this on other podcasts, I was a huge skeptic. Mm -hmm. um, I was very logic brain based and I grew up in a very religious Catholic school kind of energy. I understand. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not always the most um, expansive for one's mindset at all times. No. Um, it has beauty. All religions have beauty and wisdom. It's the opposite, actually. <laughs> it, it basically says these. this is what you got to believe and go ahead and believe it. Yeah. And don't think for yourself or look around. Yeah. And I was constantly, P.S., in trouble at you know, those Catholic schools, because I was the but why kid. I was, but why? But why do we go to confession every Friday if God is omnipotent? And I would get in trouble. I was known for being a smart aleck or, you know, but I really was inquisitive. I've always had a deep thirst for theology and, and deeper meanings of things. I think knowing what I know about numerology, I'm an old soul, but We'll put a pin in that. But with Reiki, I studied a lot of other things. Reiki came to me last. I studied frequency and crystals, and I was already working in metaphysical stores. And a lot, I had a lot of friends that were Reiki masters, and they're like, girl, why have you not gotten certified? And I was like, who am I to heal? I'm a hot mess. I don't want to do that. I, I can't fix myself. Let me stop you right there, because what a lot of those things have in common are energy and energy levels. Amen. Cr crystals, as you taught me, yeah. really are about 
each crystal has a different frequency or something, right? Is that right? Tell me just real briefly. Well, my whole spiritual practice is based on frequency. Every aspect of my spiritual practice is based on the frequency. Understand those frequency codes, the frequency of the emotions, the frequency of the crystals, even the, the essential oils. All of them create a frequency that will help you kind of change the vibration, your internal personal frequency. Um, and you can do that with lots of different tools. Right. And that's the point is that you started learning about a lot of other. Oh, tools. yeah. And it was beautiful when I did actually finally read, like get attuned in Reiki and learn from a master. Um, Ron Russo is my Reiki master and, and she's been a blessing in my life. But you really, it kind of was a full circle moment. Again, I was a huge skeptic, but I knew that I was repeating negative toxic patterns from my childhood. And I really just had to put my skeptic head to the side and say, you know what, we're just going to heal, heal for yourself, heal for your bloodline, heal for your children. And I I think that's a really important point in in, when you're approaching any of the topics that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. It's not about, oh, I'm going to go into woo-woo this or some kind of fantasy things that aren't real. That's not what this is about at all. This is all 100% real. Yeah. I just decided, you know what? I would try anything that God, the universe, whatever you believe in, put in front of me. And if I can honestly assess in my logic brain that it made an impact or changed me in some way for the better, it stayed. And some were one and done, and some stayed. And I think everyone needs to kind of find their path on what stays. I think that's one of the main things I want to bring out in this podcast is I'm not trying to get anybody to believe any particular thing. Like you, I grew up with that. Yeah. Is this is what you have to believe. Yeah. That's not kind of the way that we humans work very much. I mean, a lot of people like that safety and that comfort there, and that's fine. Yeah. But we all are going to be looking at what makes sense to us. Yeah. And that's, like you said, that's the way to go about it. Yeah. And it Reiki was one of those things. I actually went to a free Reiki share one time with uh, my kids and a girlfriend. And I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to do this. The woman was beautiful. She's still a friend of mine today. Her name is Nancy Cross. She's still a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And she gave me my first Reiki healing. And it was so profound. And it was only a short freebie. So it was only a you know, 15, 20 minute session. But she told me, about animals and the symbolism and what was following me. And then then it kept repeating. She told me that there was a gray wolf following me. And I kept seeing the imagery of the gray wolf. and And she gave me the message behind it. And it was so pertinent that I kept going back. And then I saw sought out Reiki healers that I could direct the energy and kind of clean up my own frequency. And they were profound with me too. And luckily I had a lot of friends that were already Reiki masters and they're like, Marge, come on, like, what are you doing here? Get certified. But I think a lot of kind of hesitancy in people getting certified and I had it too is, you know, my life's a mess. Who am I to heal anyone? And I use religion as the caveat to kind of argue that. Who are you not? 
I mean, let's talk about the biggest well-known healer there is, and that's Jesus. And I don't want to get too theological, but when he came here, he knew where every synagogue and every mosque was when he came back after doing performing his first miracle. He didn't go to the rabbis and the so-called spiritual teachers. Right. Where did he go? He went to his boys at the docks. Mm-hmm. And P.S. cursing like a sailor is a thing. These were not perfect humans. Right. They were not. And even Jesus himself flipped some tables when he got angry. He was human, and I think we forget the human side of him. But laying hands, when Jesus laid hands, I interpret the Bible completely different now. And I think that that was Reiki. And and when you get information in a Reiki healing, I don't know what I'm going to get. And some of it has been, and you know, hopefully later we'll talk about some of the miraculous things that I was like, I don't even know how I knew that or how the universe showed me that. I don't know anything. You know, the angels, the guides, whatever you believe is up there speaks to me, and I just verbally vomit what I'm getting. Well, you're very, you're very <laughs> modest, Margie. You're very modest. You are in tune with spirit and with angels and spirits and that sort of thing. You, you're in tune with them. They speak to you in a you know whatever way that you receive these messages and you and you help people with it thank you and, and you thank help you. people really, i'm humbled that's really. very kind. no no let me ask you this let's start off talking about reiki as that you as a person had never had a reiki treatment nope you went to this this uh you know kind of free sample yep kind of a thing do you re- recall what happened yeah it was at a metaphysical church it was at a beautiful Unity Church, and they. I had a lot of um, religious dogma with churches. I have a lot of trauma around churches. I went there with a very closed mind. I, I've got to be honest. I was like, whatever. It's a good good night out with my girls, and right. we'll have fun. And we'll, right. if nothing else, we'll giggle after. Right. I have a hoop. Yeah, exactly. And we just went into it with a good attitude of, I don't know what's happening, but let's just experience it together. And I laid on the table. I'm going to be honest. I didn't feel much. I felt relaxed. There was beautiful, calming music. I didn't have any profound. I saw maybe a little bit of color swirling in my head. I tried to meditate. I was a meditator at that point because I was doing energy in different ways. And I tried to meditate. And she just kind of, I could feel her hands getting a little heated. She did intuitively know where my pain points were. She was laying hands on them a little longer where my, you know, issues were physically with pain and stuff. And then I got off the table and she gave me, there was no way that she could know this. She gave me the beautiful gray wolf imagery. And she was like, do you know what that is? And I said, well, no, I'll have to Google, you know, the spirit totem of what it means. And she said, you're a lone gray wolf. And she said, I know, I know that this road has not been easy for you. I know that you have been challenged throughout your entire childhood into adulthood. You feel like a lone wolf. But she said that that's going to shift and you're going to create your own family. You will have a den that is large and and verse. And, and she was like, I'm not talking talking about your actual family. I'm talking about the community, the the den that you're building. And I was like, really? <laughs> well, just as you're describing it, I'm, I'm feeling kind of emotional just hearing yeah. it because it's such a beautiful thought of yeah. being, you know, I'm here, I'm on my own path. I'm kind of don't really want to be alone, but I am on this yeah. path. And then for her to say, oh, that's going to change and you're going to have a supportive group of people. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing to hear. And I kept, um, it was funny because that beautiful gray wolf imagery, it would always pop up in times where things were difficult to remind me, stay the course, there's a bigger plan out there. Right. 
And I did. And it was funny when I came out of the proverbial intuitive psychic closet or whatever. It was funny. I I told started telling people that I was I was thinking about doing this for a a living, you know, like I was going to devote my life and that, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I was very nervous because I grew up with a lot of skeptic people and my family isn't always the most open minded. And some of my friends weren't. Um, Ricky's not a mainstream thing. You're not looking at ads on TV for Reiki. Yeah. And so it's weird and it's scary when you don't understand it. I can see where, you know, perception is not reality. You know, it was hard, but it was funny after I did come out and like tell my husband and divulge to my husband, I I think I'm going to like pursue this, pursue this. And he was beautiful and loving and so supportive. And it was funny. We were walking in a beautiful town. I literally stopped dead in my tracks because I was so anxiety-ridden, kind of hoping that he would be supportive. And of course he was. I've been blessed with a beautiful soul that I call my husband. But then right after that, I literally, there was a big, huge sign that said, it was for a beer or something, which I don't drink, but it said, it had a picture of the gray wolf, and it said, lone wolf no more. And I had that picture in my phone for years. And I knew that that was the universe kind of giving me guidance. Go, go, go. And now I have a beautiful spiritual community and I have beautiful spiritual friends and I'm way deeper in my healing path. I'm never done. You're never done. But it's turned into exactly what Miss Nancy Cross had told me. It was miraculous to me. And I can honestly say even beyond that, even if I put all the spiritual stuff aside, like I said, she was hitting on those pain points. And I got up off the table and I had had like a sore knee from an injury and I had a sore hip. All of a sudden, I got off the table. My knee cracked like there was no tomorrow, which is gross. But all of a sudden, the pain was gone. Wow. And my hip pain, I was kind of hobbling. And I was like, I, I don't I don't know what happened, but I can move my knee. I can move my hip. I, I don't know. There might be something to this. Well, um, that coming from a position of let's just go out and have fun, and this yeah. is probably nothing. Yeah. To getting off that table and saying, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Even beyond... Yeah. I was been confused a little bit. Yeah, I was very skeptical on what she said about mm-hmm. the imagery, but I'm taking it all with a grain of salt. But I had to be honest with myself that the physical kind of ramifications of it were very positive. Right. So I stuck with it, and I they would have monthly free Reiki sessions, and I started bringing more people, and I started bringing more people. Let me stop you there. Out of the all the people that you brought, uh-huh. were there any of them that had positive experiences? All of them. All of them. And they. this church would do free Reiki shares all the time, often. And so, you know, it was donation, love-based, you know, and they would give it, you know, to different charities and, you know, whatever. All of them. All of them. And I kept saying, there's something to it. And, I, and then I had friends that were Reiki masters. And then I got actual full directed Reiki kind of services. And then that was kind of life-altering. If you're really getting the personalized one-on-one kind of Let me stop you right there. What is a Reiki master? A Reiki master is someone, there are traditional Reiki. I teach a lot of different types of Reiki. Most people's point of reference when you talk about Reiki is Yasui Reiki, which is the kind of baseline kind of energy that was brought by Reiki master Yasui. (laughs) But they're all kind of derivatives off of that. There's hundreds of different types of Reiki. Okay, I had no idea. Oh, gosh, yes. I teach Yasui. I teach Crystal Reiki. I teach Animal Reiki. I teach Kundalini Reiki. There's Karuna Reiki. There's all different types of of Reiki. Okay. 
so most people's point of view is Yasui. Yasui has three levels, and there is level one, level two, and level three. Level three is Reiki master, and then there's Reiki master, master teacher. Which is separate and distinct from level three. Some people, when you do the certifications, kind of combine the trainings. Okay. I personally, when I teach, I don't, um, because not everyone wants to be a teacher. No, no, you know? definitely not. They would like to help their family or their friends yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, and that's okay. So I only direct it to the ones that want to be the master teachers. Yeah, you separate the three, and a Reiki master is someone that has completed all three levels. Within the, each of the levels, there are different healing symbols that have been passed down. And at one time, they were supposed to be sacred, and you weren't supposed to talk about them or show them. But now they're all over the internet. Technically, they do not get ignited Unless you have a Reiki master, master teacher, giving you and igniting those symbols within your auric energy. And so it becomes one with the energy. I can tell you that I have taken level one and level two. Nice. And I can say that after I had the attunement for about two days after, Mm -hmm. my body, it was like I wasn't sick, but I, I felt I felt really different. I felt uh, it was a really serious feeling. And that really helped me to feel like, you know, I don't know what's happening, Mm -hmm. but boy, this is real. I am really feeling it. So I just want to say, if anyone's listening and they're hearing about Reiki 1, Reiki 2, it's, this is real and it's, it's about energy. A hundred percent. It is an Eastern energetic healing philosophy that has been passed down over generations, you know, in lineage. And it started with a monk that kind of got the symbols that was in a cave meditating. But each of the different symbols, each each level, you get different symbols, and each of the symbols do different things. And you're right, there is an attunement process. And it's usually the attunement after you get your ignition from your Reiki master, the attunement lasts 21 days. It's three days for give or take, with each chakra. So what I tell my students is when you are going through the attunement, what Reiki energy is going to do, it is going to find the areas of your kind of personal frequency, your personal vibration, where it needs to be recalibrated, where you're seeping energy, where you're not utilizing the best kind of energy. And sometimes that can be a little triggering. If you have a chakra that's off, let's say you have a solar plexus chakra, which is your seat of power, your gut instinct. If you have not been trusting your gut, it can give you some sort of mild ramifications because each chakra, each of those seven major chakras are basically in charge of a physical kind of energy, a spiritual kind of energy, and an emotional kind of energy. What is a chakra? The the word chakra is a Sanskrit word, and it actually, depending on who translates it, it either means spinning wheel of energy or spinning ball of energy. Okay. And I used to think that the chakras were literal balls going up the body. Mm-hmm. And once I started really understanding Reiki and feeling Reiki and feeling the energy, it's not. It's front and back, and it's in the auric field. And the goal is, when you're going to a Reiki practitioner, to they go in there and they kind of find where there's discord in the energy. They consult the client and they'll say, especially if it's a directed Reiki session, they'll say... I know that you're having physical pain in your lower back, and that is related to your root chakra. I also saw whatever they saw when they were picking it up, and they can help the client kind of direct where the healing needs to go. Okay, now the auric field, uh-huh. 
is energy. There are three different levels, right? There's Oh, no, there's like seven different levels or more in the auric field. I have a good friend that does auric readings, and what she does is she goes into each of the different layers of the auric field. So an auric field, we're going deeper and deeper We're going here. deeper and deeper. That's wonderful. Margie doesn't talk light. <laughs> that's, that's perfect, Margie. That's, that's what I'm here for. Well, I was trying to get to it that there's the physical body. Right. And there's energy there, but there's also energy that that extends beyond the physical body. Is that is that a hundred percent? And I have a philosophy, and it is not in any Reiki book, but being in people's auric fields and doing Reiki all day long and teaching Reiki, it rings true for me. I have a theory that when you are a baby and you are in the embryonic sac, right. In that ambiotic sac, that beautiful little bubble, you have all your needs met. You are eating, you are sleeping, you are pooping, you are getting energy from that kind of the mother, right? Right. That ambiotic sac is your life support. When a baby is in distress, the ambiotic sac closes in on itself to reserve energy. Okay. Okay. The same holds true with a Reiki client. The more distressed they are, the closer to their body their auric field will get. I have a theory that your embiotic sac, once you are out into this air and this plane of existence, that it becomes invisible and it becomes your auric field. We are eating in it. We are thinking in it. It is our kind of energetic bubble. And this is not in any Reiki book. This is just my own personable kind of philosophy from feeling and teaching people to feel other people's auric fields. And you can see, and you will even see, sometimes it's closer to the heart on, closer to the body on the heart versus the root, depending on where the discrepancy is. And when I teach Reiki, I have two students always close their eyes, get on top of another student that is being the body on the table. And I have them close their eyes and I say, tell me where the auric field is. And inevitably, both of them, even though they're on either sides and they're not touching, will come to the exact residency. And then they're like, holy guacamole, how, how, and I'm like, you're feeling the auric field that, and they will see, cause then I'll put another body on the table and I'll say, feel this one. And they'll see, why is this one closer? And I make them make the deductions that you're feeling the energy and your job as a Reiki practitioner is to build up that bubble. Because when you are in trauma and your body needs energy, it reserves energy. When you stub your toe, what's the first thing you do? And then you might curse, but you suck up energy. You're sucking up energy because it's your body's way of saying heal. So it kind of is right in alignment with the work field, if that makes sense. It certainly does. It does. And and so one of the important things then is if you want to learn about Reiki is to understand the idea of the auric field. Yeah, but a good Reiki master will teach you that too. And also, we were talking, you were starting to explain to us a little bit about the chakras. Yeah. And and I interrupted you because it, the chakras have to do with the auric field. Oh, yeah. But if someone doesn't understand what the auric field is, then th- that whole discussion is not going to mean anything. <laughs> so I want, I want everyone to under, be on the same page. So now we know we've got an auric field, which is energy that is goes beyond our physical yeah. body. And then and our chakras are, are areas yep. within that auric field. Yep. They're in different locations. Correct. Tell us a little bit about how many 
chakras does a person have? I mean, and, there are and where are they? There are seven major chakras. There's way more than that when you get really knee deep into it. But the ones that most people reference are the seven majors. One of the first things you want to check for when you're talking about giving Reiki is you need to check and make sure that the person is grounded, which is not a chakra, but you'll never get the root chakra clear if they're not grounded. Okay. Um, a telltale sign of someone that has grounding issues is uh, myself. I am constantly tapping my foot under the table. I can't sit still. I have AD, ADD and I am dyslexic, people that have a lot of learning disabilities, we have a lot of, uh, we have a hard time grounding. So you can ground them very easily. You can take them outside, get them, you know, earthing or whatever. But in Reiki practices, it's usually easily rectified with a nice good grounding crystal or a grounding mat. Then you move up to the first of the kind of lower chakras, and that's the root chakra. The root chakra is kind of at the lower base of the spine, and physically it's, you know, the internal lower intestine, it's the legs, it's the knees. Emotionally, it's everything on this plane. Like, what's stressing you out on this plane? Is it abundance? Is it your job? Is it how you define yourself? And spiritually, again, it's do you believe in yourself? Do you believe that you are connected to this earth? Do you believe that you are supported? And those doubts will kind of block the energy of the root chakra. Well, that's a pretty darn big area for most people. A hundred percent. Is believing in themselves. Yeah. I mean, I know that as I was growing up, feeling good about myself was, it's not a given. No. And I would say 90 8% of people don't walk around saying, I'm a good person. I feel good about myself, feel good in my skin or whatever. I, maybe that percentage is way off, but but a lot of people don't feel it. That's part of, of yeah. what you're talking about with the root chakra. And advocating for ourselves and putting up boundaries. Most people don't realize that that is a big part of kind of controlling and navigating your own personal oh energy. That's huge. That's and it's huge. hard. We have a people-pleasing kind of dynamic in our in our society and we self-sacrifice and we expect you know that we are going to be rewarded for that the martyrdom kind of theory let's say i'm just a person walking through life and i'm very self-critical i had parents that really never supported me and and i'm always criticizing myself and i'm always feeling insecure that's me as a person in my personality and what you're talking about is this has to do with the root chakra it's one of the chakras it'll come in multiple chakras what you're describing how do you go from me and my behavior and my thoughts mm -hmm. to the chakra how do how does that translate one each chakra has a different frequency again my whole spiritual practice is based off of frequency frequency so each of those chakras, they have their own frequency. And the frequency of love is 500 hertz. So what a good Reiki master or a good Reiki practitioner will do is go in there and feel, okay, there's physical pain here. And then you ask why. And then I might get an image. I might get an emotion. I might, you know, whatever. And I'll write, I personally write down on the piece of paper. And I kind of go over it at the end because basically what our job is, is to find out where there's frequency discord and to get you healed enough that we can raise your personal vibration. When you raise your personal vibration by sloughing off those lower energetic frequencies of guilt and shame, they're at like 20 hertz. How can you, and, and when you manifest, you have to be at 500 hertz. Okay. So we're trying to raise you up so that we can sloth off these negative frequencies to get you to a point where the self-love is flowing and then the abundance will inevitably trickle in.
So it's sometimes it's looking at stuff in a Reiki healing session that maybe you did know, but you've been kind of sweeping under the carpet and right. neglecting or a lot of times it's denial, you I know, been able to face it. Yeah, it's a lot of denial. And so we as Reiki practitioners hold your hand and say, listen, I empathize because almost all Reiki practitioners are empaths. So we're often crying with the clients at the table. And we feel their pain. We feel it emotionally, physically, spiritually, not for a long time, but, you know, while they're there. They're there. And so we set up a system, a good healer will give you guidance on books or packets or journaling exercises or affirmations that'll help shift the energy. And getting into the chakras, the fascia are water pocket kind of cords or systems that run through the body and they are water and they come right in exact alignment with those chakras. That's not a coincidence. Okay. The energy wants to be moved. Energy is fluid. It doesn't want to stay there. Right. Um, I, I spoke recently with a Qigong healer. Yeah. A medical Qigong. Qigong. It's lovely. And she talks about turgid chi, mm-hmm. which is just what you're talking about yeah. now, is the energy that's not going to flow. It's, it's stagnant. Stagnant. Yeah. And that's yeah. bad. That's not helping no. you. That's no. That's bad. And if it gets too stagnant, the body not at ease creates disease. So if it's loud to fester for long periods of time, that's when you get the physical pain or the diagnoses that you know, you you just don't know what to do with. Um, It's basically the root of it is some sort of emotional kind of energy that has been neglected and, and allowed to fester. And when I'm teaching Reiki to my students, I often say energy feels like water. And so when you're feeling it on a client, what are you feeling? Is it bubbly? Is it soft? And just like water in a hose, there will sometimes be a kink in an energetic oh, cord. Okay, okay. And then you'll feel that kind of clumping energy. Right. Um, and it's your job to kind of give it a pathway and kind of energetically move it. Yeah. And it gets into each of the seven chakras. They all do something different. Okay. And you can get really deep into your healing. It's a, an amazing healing tool. Let's devote an episode to talking about chakras. Because it's too, Amen, it's too big too yeah, big to talk so about. so much. I'm considering that this episode is really... Um, it's kind of introduction to Reiki yeah. in a way. We're talking in general terms about yeah. what what is it and and all that. And I th- I think it's it's amazing and it must feel wonderful for the Reiki practitioner. Yeah, I I've had some miraculous experiences. I've had some life altering experiences both being on the table and giving Reiki. And I love teaching it. I love teaching it. It is like watching kids on Christmas to see these adults light up when they feel something over another body and they're like just mesmerized like five-year-olds. Like, how did I know that? How did I feel that, Margie? How it's it's like you get to witness pure magic. I love teaching it. Well, it's connection with energy and spirit, I yeah. believe, right? That yeah. you're, that you're helping these normal, everyday humans to have a moment where they're connecting. 
And they're stepping into their own power. I think for a long time, they have kind of watered down. And I had this experience, too, when I learned Reiki, too. We water down our power and we think, who am I to heal? And I'm messed up. And, you know, all those things that I told myself. When you see their eyes light up and you see the joy in their face, I sometimes see auras and I will see them glowing. And it's just like in this moment, I am literally experiencing source energy moving through them. And it is miraculous to me oh that's such a beautiful moment yeah for everybody and i got to do it for a living what (laughs) i love it there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah and to like see people step into their power and like to see them you know when they start i'm i'm honored to say that the vast majority probably 80 percent of my reiki students were once my reiki clients Okay. So they feel the power of the healing and then they're healed enough that they want to, you know, kind of push it forward and give back. And to see the progression of some of these students and then it's like this beautiful accumulation of like, oh my God, like I knew you when and look at you in your full power, in your full glory, you know. God love you. I'm so proud of you. It's such an exciting moment. It really is. It's magic. Now, you do this teaching here in person. Yeah, and I also teach at other places. I teach, you know, at yoga studios and different kind of energetic systems. Um, I've taught for groups. So I don't just teach here. I kind of teach wherever someone needs me to teach. (laughs) And if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and ask you to give a teaching at their yoga studio or at their place, how would they do that? I do have a website that is coming into development. It will be up and running probably by August 1st, 2023. Um, And that is metaphysicalmargie.com. Metaphysicalmargie.com. I just want to say that. Yeah. And you'll be able to register for Reiki there, Reiki classes, Reiki and healing sessions, and a bunch of other classes. I teach a lot of classes and all in metaphysics, obviously, metaphysical Margie. (laughs) So let's say that I came to you and that I, I really had been suffering psychologically and now it had become that dis-ease had hit, mm-hmm. and I had pain and, and mm-hmm. other things like that. It, it, this is not going to come and you're, there's like a lightning bolt's going to come down and all of a sudden I'm going to be healed in one session. No, right. no. How's it, how does that work? Well, you know, your body accepts the, the amount of Reiki energy that it can handle. Reiki energy kind of has a mind of its own, which is why I also say, I don't know what I'm ever going to get when you're laying on the table. I have certain kind of practices and systems that I use. It is never you know, something that I would advocate instead of going to a doctor. Okay. You know, I believe that I'm not anti-Big Farm. I, and Big Farm has saved my life on many occasions. Okay. You know, I've had some near-death experiences myself. So I will advocate for them working together. I don't think that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it can cure cancer, but can it relieve the stress and help e- ease the pain? I, I, I know that's true. I know that's true. Do I say don't go to chemotherapy? No, you got to make the right choices for you. But I do think that they can work in conjunction in a beautiful synchronistic energy system that is really for the highest good of whomever. Right. You've noted people that are healing from different problems. Oh, yeah. To to have to have better, better progress. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, some people, it's funny, truth be told, like I said, when I first got Reiki, I didn't feel anything. Maybe I saw a couple of colors and I was an avid meditator when I started going to Reiki. Reiki came kind of late in my spiritual path, but I knew new clients. You know, I don't know what you're going to feel. Some people feel my hands getting hot. Some people see colors. Some people have full on visions. I don't know. I don't know. But at, right. at, at, at a minimum, you're going to sit there, you're going to get, I'm a little hands-on with my Reiki because I do a hybrid method, but you're going to get a little light massage and, you know, you're going to feel less stressed. And there's not a doctor out there that won't say stress reduction isn't good for That's you. That's right. So at That's a minimum, right. you're going to get that. Now, what it's doing on a deeper level, you don't have to believe, you don't have to know. I don't always know. I know it's going deep. It goes where your body can heal it. That's my belief. This is fascinating, and we're going to continue talking, but not in this episode. I would love that. I welcome that. There's so much more that we have to talk about. Oh, Reiki just the tip and, of the iceberg. And so many other things. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. We'll be bringing you more from Margie Florembio in the future, so please stay tuned. Our next episode will be released in two weeks on August 21st. We'll be hearing from a nationally known medium and past life regressionist, Carol Louie. Carol, who's hosting a reincarnation symposium on October 28th and 29th, will be talking about being a medium and how she's used this gift in her life. She'll also talk about guides and how they helped her. Please join us for a really intriguing discussion. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be recording interviews with a hospice nurse, an acupuncturist, and a man who has been abducted by ETs many times. Don't forget, Carol Louie on Mediumship on August 21st. Until then.